Hi, I'm James Schellinglaw aboard the Scenic Eclipse here, and we're in the wonderful lounge they have here. We're just on the tail end of an incredible Antarctica cruise, and uh, we've had a great time. And I'm here with Jason Fletcher, who is the Expedition Operations Director for actually all of Scenic. And we're going to talk to him about, A, this wonderful ship, and also kind of what the whole philosophy is in the ex Expeditions team. And you're going to find out about all that and more on Insider Travel Report. Now Jason, first of all, it's great to meet you here on board. I'm glad, I'm happy you were aboard, and I didn't realize you were aboard. So, okay, great, he's here. So we'll we'll talk to you. We've talked to some other, some other leaders of expedition teams in uh, in the market, but uh, let's first talk about this ship because I was here. Believe it or not, I was here for the christening. Uh, in New York and and saw the ship, but that's the last time I saw it. I never sailed on her. I was there too. I know you were there. Yes, too. it was oh, yeah. a lovely day. We had Helen Mirren as the the godmother, and then I didn't see the ship for a while, and and so now it's been sailing well, <laughs> minus COVID, right? Uh, since 2019, and here we are in Antarctica. Talk a little bit about this vessel because it is a very unique uh, uh, ship. She is extremely unique, and she was specifically built for crossing the Drake Passage and operating in polar waters, whether it's the Antarctic or Arctic. And her technology that was um, within her is by far some of the most advanced and also custom made for Eclipse compared to other operator ships. The technology that we have on board to make you know the crossing uh, of the Drake more stable, more smoother, but also operating in polar waters. Um, of what she has. Can well, you were talking about it earlier because I, I watched a presentation you gave, which was a great yes. sort of. So you have incredible stabilizers on this ship, sort of larger than a lot of other ships uh, in, in the same category. Uh, you have, uh, uh, which makes the ride more comfortable. It was it, for some, you know, some people are, are they're always going to get a little sick no matter what. But actually, the passage both ways uh, was pretty smooth for me. I mean, some people it was, you know, but smooth for, me too. smooth for you too. <laughs> Very yeah. much so. Which we're all all happy about. You know, you hear about the drink. Although I understand next year you're actually going to have an option for a flight uh, in right well that's going to be for eclipse too okay perfect. so her sister ship and so when she has her maiden antarctic voyages which will be 23 24 season we're going to do what we call our fly sail cruises so guests would only experience the drake one way and then they'll be flown into king george island uh, which are one of the sub-antarctic islands it, where we'll pick up our guest or yeah, the fly out. Well, that's interesting because there are those people who say, well, half the, half the joy is getting to Antarctica and seeing the continent for the first time as you sail in. And some people say, no, we just want to miss the Drake. I, I could believe, you know, I, I would probably say, okay, I can go back on the, sh on the plane and, and, uh, and not go down. But it's interesting that you're going to do it for the new ship. And actually, that, that brings up a point. Uh, but this is the first of how many, how many ships you plan for Scenic uh, Eclipse? For uh, the, the Eclipse Line 5. Total. Five ships and over what period of time? We're looking at uh, about every two years. So Eclipse 2 will be out early next year. And then once she launches, we'll start laying the keel on three and so on. So about every two years, we'll have an Eclipse built. Yeah, you got one down and now you're, you're ready yeah. to go. And then you also have your sister company, uh, uh, Emerald. Uh, and you have Azura, which is uh, how many of those? Three, I think, right? There'll be three total. Uh, one is actually sailing right now. They're being built in Vietnam. And she is on her way for her maiden voyage and her christening in the Red Sea. And we've already laid keel on the second 
of the Azura ships. No, that's amazing. Now, and, and one thing you said to me was, when I first saw the ship, I thought, yeah, it's a, an expedition ship. It's a luxury expedition ship, but I didn't realize it was kind of purpose-built for the Antarctica season. Very much so. And, you know, having that ultra-luxury on board the ship, but it makes that expedition side of the ship that much more higher raising the bar because of the technology we have on board and we're able to expedite getting all the zodiacs all the equipment off the ship which then gives guests more time on shore compared to other ships that could potentially take anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes to get guests off the ship. We do it in about 30 to 35 minutes. Yeah, one of the things is that you have these these sides of the ship open up and you just launch your your uh, your zodiacs and literally the zodiacs are out there. You you go out and test the waters, see what see the landing site is okay, and then you're ready to go. You don't have to wait. They're not hauling off a top of a ship on a crane or something like that, right? Exactly, and, and plus the fact that we do have the submarine, we have the helicopters. Yeah, yeah and I did that. That was interesting. I mean, I was wondering about both of those, but they were both amazing experiences. No other ship, even with the new builds from other companies, you know, for you to be able to explore Antarctica or wherever you are in the world, you know, by air and one of our two helicopters, the submarine for under the water, and then of course by Zodiac or kayak paddleboard, and then all our land excursions as well. So you really get the full absorption of where you are you know uh, absolutely and i enjoyed every bit of it and let's just go back to the ship for a minute because some of the other features that you have is uh, you have these azipod um, uh, motors that swivel right. you don't really have a rudder you don't really have an anchor i guess you have an anchor but you don't really don't use it. it don't use it but these are all and then of course the sustainability of the ship you have a lot of you were talking earlier about black water and gray water and all the sustainable things about how you keep uh, the environment because this is a pristine environment that you don't want to damage right Correct. Absolutely. And like you mentioned, she was purposely built um, for the polar regions, but also sustainability. We try to have minimal carbon footprint. And so, you know, we are very conscious in regards to the fuel, for instance, uh, is a very low sulfur diesel. Same thing you burn in your cars as well. And then on top of that, even though it's clean burning, we still have a triple redundancy scrubbing system. So what goes into the atmosphere is just vapor, no CO2, anything. And then, of course, with our recycling program and like you mentioned, our gray water, black water is, you know, no other ship, expedition ship has that kind of green sustainable technology that we have on board. So it wasn't just in regards to the stability, the propulsion system, but also her sustainability. No, and that's a very important in this day and age and with this environment. And I think one, one of the things that, you know, some of your competitors say, well, they're putting a helicopter or putting a submarine, and that doesn't really help, and the animals might be disturbed. What's your experience so far? Do you think the animals, the, the are all our friends, the penguins, the many types right. of penguins, and, and, of course, the seals, do they, have they really noticed? Yeah, and I'm going to be honest here. We, first of all, before every flight with guests, we do a reconnaissance flight. And on that reconnaissance flight, we have one of our discovery or expedition team member along with the pilot because they will point out specifically where penguin colony, bird colonies, looking for whales. And we meet a minimal, 
you know, height ceiling. So it's at least, you know, 2,000 feet above any bird colony, 1,500 feet above the penguins and whales and so on. So we do our absolute best not to disturb. But our helicopters, too, are the most quietest. They're very quiet. I know. They went overhead, and you can say, oh, yeah, I, I see the helicopter. And you can hear it a little bit, but it's almost like I was making a joke with one of your helicopter pilots. It's like that old old uh, uh, TV series Blue Thunder where, uh, where the, the quiet helicopters, and it's the stealth, the stealth, the stealth one. Yeah. yeah, it's in stealth mode. So yeah. it's kind of like that, absolutely. So I don't think there's a lot of disturbance because, no. yeah, and, and it was an amazing voyage. And the same with the submarine. You know, it's electric. Uh, and we went down with uh, our pilot, Brendan, and we had a great time. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about your expedition philosophy, about what you're trying to do here for the guests. Because you, you and and I had to say to your expedition leader Danny yesterday that you couldn't have gotten a final better day than the day we had because it was there was a, a Deception Island. I remember what is it? In the morning we were at Deception Island. And, yes, and, oh, I've never seen so many, and this is chinstrap penguins. I've never seen so many chinstrap penguins. And as we walked up on the, the beach, and it was this beautiful volcanic beach, there were all these uh, fur seals. It was just, you know, I was like, oh my God, I've never, seen, I've never seen that many penguins in one place. And I have been on other Antarctica right. cruises, but this was amazing. Oh, it's really, and that's the chinstrap, it, that's where the, one of the largest colonies of chinstraps are, for sure. And it compares to South Georgia Island with the king penguin colonies and the tens and tens of thousands you know, in that chinstrap colony. But the the thing is that with Deception and where we were at Bailey Head, landing is so rare to actually be able yeah, to land. He was saying he never, that was the first time he'd his done first it. Time there, his first time there, it was my only fifth time out of all my excursions. And it's because of the surf. Sometimes it's just so rough, you can't even land. So well, we had a problem coming out. We had a wave that came over the back of the thing and sort of got everybody a little wet. But you know what? It was worth it. Well, that's the experience, right? That's yeah. Antarctica. That's what you want. I mean, this is the thing. This, this cruise has been, the weather has been a little more iffy, although we had plenty of time to go on the sub, plenty of time to go on the helicopter. But we, we have, there were sometimes we got out of the helicopter, and I'm sorry, got out of the submarine, and it was snowing. All over us, and we end up, we're getting coated in the snow. I said, well, we know we're in Antarctica now, right? Right, and having that snow, those fat snowflakes that we had was just stunning. But also, that amount of snow this time of year is usually not often, especially with the climate change and so on, that we'll get more rain than we would snow at this time of year. When, of course, you wouldn't think of it or shouldn't, but it's part of the climate yeah, well, and I said that's what we did. This is this is Antarctica. It's very changeable. You can't count on having sunny weather. Although we did have some nice days as well, uh, but there was there was some real cold Antarctica. Not not bitterly cold, but it was just it was you knew it was Antarctica, you and knew, you knew it was Antarctica for sure. But I still say, for instance, the Sierra Mountains is colder this time of year than Antarctica. Uh, I think New York City was colder this time. Yeah, I, I agree with you, especially with that wind chill through I, the city. I know. I, I'm with those the, with the winds and everything else. And yeah. in the city, it can be it can be worse than Antarctica. Everybody's saying. It's so cold down there. I said, no, we're actually in there summer. Yeah. Uh, so this is cold, not, not as cold as, I mean, I wouldn't be down here in the winter, I hear. You wouldn't even get there because remember, the continent doubles in size every winter because of the sea ice. Okay, that forms. So, so we, it's unreachable. Yeah, 
Yeah, it is amazing. And then we actually got a little chance to see some of the the the, the bases. Some were either abandoned for the season or, or, or they had been abandoned, which I found fascinating too, just to see. Because uh, the last cruise I did, we didn't do that. Uh, we didn't go to any real huts anywhere. But this one, you saw some. They weren't, weren't inhabited, although we also saw, some, uh, I believe it was a Spanish scientific team uh, on the the, net, the last stop of the, the tour where we also saw some wonderful... Uh, Bulgaria. Uh, uh, Bulgaria they were from, yeah. okay. And in Deception Island was the Spanish team that you may have saw. Okay, so that was it. And one of them was flying a drone, and we're kind of watching what they're doing. And then we went off and watched some amazing creatures, elephant seals. And, and that was also amazing because I have seen elephant seals like just there like slugs and not really moving these guys they, they had an attitude you they know it was a little they, the males were jousting yeah. for sure you had some large males even though it's not the breeding season but they'll still the rest of the year be jousting and and playing play fighting but in preparation for who's going to be the beach master yeah, well, they were definitely the beach master over all of us. We weren't going to challenge them. Oh, but no. uh, So you try to mix like a, a lot of things. In, in, you know, you're, you're trying to get all the wildlife in that they can see. We saw whales, which okay. is another thing. We saw lots of, uh, you know, we saw different kinds of sea lions, of course, you know. And uh, even some people even saw a little, you know, wild thing where the uh, uh, one of the sea lions was attacking a penguin. But we won't talk about that. That was interesting. The, the leopard seal. The leopard you know, because leopard seals will feed on at least 20 a day 20 penguins a day so we saw one of their 20 so that was a, it was it was just it was it was like a brunch but that's it <laughs> it was yeah an appetizer for them uh, for sure but that was amazing too i barely I, somebody said they were watching i didn't see it but uh and, and nobody got a good photo but people got great photos of whales so pretty much you got the whole experience and then of course you're on this ship right right and and we try very hard to make sure, I hate to say it, but tick the boxes in regards to the wildlife. So making sure you see all three species of the brush-tailed penguins, all four or five species of the seals, and then of course different whales as well. And so we, we go to specific locations where we know the chin straps or the Adelie or Gentoo penguins are going to be so we can make sure our guests have that experience in seeing all the different species. Well that's important everybody wants that and also you, you sort of have like options if something isn't going to work you go somewhere else right? Right and that's so important because Antarctica will dictate where and when we can go based on the weather the ice and conditions so sometimes our initial location that we're going to go to is there's too much ice too much wind uh, the weather is just bad so we'll look for alternative sites and Antarctica what's amazing about her is she has microclimates she creates her own weather so we can kind of looking at all the weather models find where we're going to find that little pocket of clearer weather uh, and go for it. No, it's amazing. And one of the other things that you don't realize about, at least for me, I didn't realize about Antarctica is the mountains and the glaciers. I grew up in Switzerland. I know mountains and glaciers, but I hadn't seen them until I came here, which you, you the mountains are amazing. The glaciers are amazing. Yes. And you're surrounded them. We went to, uh, I think it's the Lamar, Lamar, Lamar Channel. Channel. And I'd done it once before with icebergs. This time was without, but just sailing through that channel is just so amazing and, and we did that on the second or third day and it was amazing yeah it's just i mean la mer is always always a highlight because you have those two to three thousand meter peaks coming right out of the water you're 
only less than a quarter mile width in the channel and just having those towering mountains and you know remember antarctica is the most mountainous continent Which in the world something i didn't i guess i didn't that evaded me in my i thought oh it's just going to be flat and white <laughs> no no that's like the arctic, the arctic. Right? Yeah. correct and you know she's the coldest windiest but also the driest continent in the world as well too and i'm from the sonoran desert in arizona and it's even drier down in Antarctica than it is in the Sonoran Desert. Which is hard to believe with all this ice and water and everything else. Right, absolutely. But there's areas in Antarctica that we will visit with Eclipse 2 called the Inland Dry Valleys. And they haven't seen precipitation over 400,000 years, and which is amazing. So it's completely dry, barren, surrounded by mountains. And obviously the mountains keep the weather at bay. So they're glaciated, but in the valley has never seen precip in over 400,000 years. That is amazing. You find all these these extremes and yeah, everybody talks about global warming and it is important. There's been a lot of changes down here, but there's still incredible experience to come and see this and actually understand exactly what this is. And I think I'm walking away with a better understanding of what Antarctica really is. And you no two cruises are gonna be alike. No, never. And, and you know what really, solidifies the experience for guests is your expedition team or here on Eclipse. It's been, it's been wonderful. Your team. Right. And you know that we called the discovery team because they're from all over the world. We have eight countries represented, so multiple languages, but most of the guides are PhDs, master degree holders. Yeah, we were talking, one guy was lecturing, where, you, where did you go to school? Oh, Cambridge. Okay. Oh, well, that's a horrible school. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. But you know, but they're so passionate. I know, you know. they are. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. And, but so, so well educated in their particular field. So it really, not only our naturalists that will give you the high overview, but then our lecturers are, who are our PhDs, master degree holders, will go deep and dive into, you know, the ornithology, the history, the glaciology, and so on of what you're seeing. Which is all important because you want to understand that. And then you can retreat to your suite, which are wonderful. You can re retreat to one of the five restaurants. I think I'm interviewing ten the chef. Ten, sorry, ten, ten, ten restaurants. Let's let, let me, let me, okay, ten restaurants. Nine bars. Nine restaurants. bars, ten restaurants. And I'm going to actually interview the chef next. So we're, yeah. we're going to talk to, to him about all, all the food on board. And we did a galley tour, which, which, inspired me to, to interview him. And then, and you have, you have a cruise directors and you have entertainment even. Yeah. 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 You know, we really try to give our guests that full package. So after doing two excursions a day, you know, coming back to their suites, the ship, and then, you know, what we offer in the evening as well, you know, which is really that unique experience. Yeah. I can tell you though, I've, I experienced three different tasting menus on this ship. And if I get a fourth, I think I'm gonna burst. Uh, they were incredible, uh, absolutely incredible experiences and the food on board is amazing. And uh, I, I can't, I can't. as I told the chef, I said, you guys do an amazing job. So when I get back from my expedition, I'm not Ernest Shackleton, you know, waiting to see if I'm gonna live. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna chow down on, on some incredible food. Well, you're gonna live like a king. Like a king, that's it. Pretty much, you know, and, and we figured out how to take ultra luxury, you're, you know, and merge it with expedition. Right. And really, you know, there, there may be one, maybe two other operators um, that come close, but don't match what we can do. We lost one, unfortunately. <laughs> we did lose one without not mentioning names. Yeah. But the thing is that, yes, coming back to, you know, your suite, spa, whatever it is you would like, or the fine dining and so on, or even in this beautiful lounge, 
you know, just being able to have both of those best worlds and having that true full on experience, which almost you need a vacation from your vacation. I, I agree. I mean, I'm just, what, what, one of the greatest things of being on the Drake is that I actually can, there's a little downtime, right. although I'm filling it in with interviews, the, this side of thing, but it's, it's really a relaxing experience. So after you've done all, cause you're going to do it, you're doing expeditions or, or landings or Zodiac twice a day, at least. At least. And, and, and so every day go put those boots on. That's, I'm not going to miss that, but uh, it's, it's, you have to put the boots on it. They're amazing, but it is just a routine. You get into it, and it's like all of a sudden, I, I'm, I actually sort of miss it. Actually, yesterday we didn't do it on the first day. I couldn't put the well. I could go down and put the boots on. I suppose we just put them away. You put them away. Oh my God! We I couldn't get ready for next excursion. I know. I know. You got it. Now, um, just quickly, uh, this is almost the end of the season, and and by the time you guys see this, they will have done two more cruises around this region. Then you're heading off uh, up to. I don't know, we're in Europe, or where are you going? So we will then relocate the ship up to um, the Mediterranean, but during our transatlantic crossing, we'll have guests on board. And uh, what's unique here is we operate year round. We're just not focused on the polar regions. You know, granted, if you think of the Arctic and Antarctic as the bookends, and it's how we relocate to get to the next season. So we're heading up to the Arctic, but first we'll be in the Mediterranean. And then in June, we'll be in the Arctic till September, we'll do the Northwest Passage. And then it's about relocating down Antarctica. So during those few months, we'll be hitting the whole West Coast of the Americas along the way with our guests as we make our way back down to Antarctica. And then you're going to have two ships down here, right? And then we'll have two ships down here. Uh, For a full season, which this was a partial season. Right. So 23-24 uh, season, we'll have Eclipse 2. Uh, down here so both eclipses will be sailing different itineraries totally but uh, in the same area and then eclipse 2 will head down to the southern hemisphere and she'll start operating down in uh, Australia the Kimberley South Pacific and then the Ross Sea area of Antarctica while eclipse 1 will still be in the northern hemisphere and then come down south to the peninsula itself and so with eclipse 1 during that transition will be in the northeast passage which is russian far east japan and so on so just magnificent itineraries sounds wonderful anything else you want to tell we got our 100,000 travel advisors out there what they can tell their clients about this experience you, you know I really think what makes us unique and stand still pioneering expedition besides merging of luxury and expedition is no other ship, nowhere in the world can you experience, you know, where you are by one of our two helicopters by air, by our scenic Neptune submarine under the water, on the water, Zodiac, kayak, paddle boarding, and on our land excursion. So you really get that full enriching experience of wherever you are in the world on board scenic eclipse and it has been an amazing experience jason i want to thank you it's great that you were on board that we can talk at the end uh and i had an incredible time i've been on another uh line which was also incredible no question about it different uh, it's a different experience and there's so many options now down here and but but I think in terms of the high-end luxury you, you're 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 the pick uh, I appreciate that and it was such a pleasure you know being on board I, I've been on board for the last four voyages and heading home myself but it's always a pleasure to be on board with the team and with our guests and most importantly experiencing Antarctica through their eyes for their first time it's 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 so infectious that's yeah, where we get our energy from and then they want to come back maybe and then they want to come back or come with us to the Arctic there you, go. you know next thinking of that that's, that's, I I, uh, North, Northwest Passage yeah. um, 
maybe not Northeast Passage right now, but right that's now, another yeah, story yeah, for yeah, political reasons. But um, we'll so hopefully that'll cool down. But it, it's been, again, it's been an amazing voyage. And thank you. You, you, you put together a great team here. Uh, my pleasure. And thank you so much. I'm James Schillinglaw, and this is Insider Travel Report. <laughs>